Yo, 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 yo. Welcome to Tap Room Sports, a sports podcast unlike any other podcast around. That's right, because it's about two of the greatest things on this planet, sports and beer. I am your host, Jordan. Stacks on, stacks on, stacks, lats. Here with my partner, my friend, went Mr. 2-0 this week. Mr. That's Big right. Ballin, Ben Larson. What's going on, Ben? Not much, man. Yeah, much better uh, showing than last week. It was, uh, you know, I, I'm not a disappointment anymore. Well, to some people, but but hey, it was <laughs> <laughs> it was a good week in betting. Um, you know, it was a, a great weekend out here in California. We're finally getting to that smoke-free uh, area, and uh, nice. yeah, it, it's good. How was your weekend? Can't complain, man. It was a good weekend. Uh, college football was not good to me, but yep. it's I'm stoked to have college back, man, and that's what really matters. Uh, but it was a good weekend, man, and, you know, drinking some good beer tonight, trying to stay positive so we can keep those po- that positive energy so we can win some money next week. I like it. Yes. Yeah, and hey, before we go into the sports aspect of the podcast, I uh, I want to give a little bit of uh, info on our beer aspect of this podcast, too. So Jordan and I are huge fans of beer, too, uh, just like our, our love for sports. And, you know, we also love supporting our local breweries. So, you know, whether it's just grabbing a beer to go or spending some time in those tap rooms, we, you know, we love that brew scene. Um, so we're going to be reviewing a few beers each podcast and letting you guys know what we think is a good beer or bad beer. And yes, we know our tastes are our own tastes, but hey, maybe you might grab one of these beers when you're checking out these breweries and, you know, I've got good taste. I know Jordan's got good taste, so, you know, hopefully you'll like it too. So Jordan, what are you taste. drinking tonight? I got decent taste. Eh, it's growing. <laughs> it is, but when it comes to beer, you know, most of the time I just want to get messed up dude and when i drink beer and it is what it is but yeah uh no i've really become a fan of the art of brewing and stuff and uh it's very respectable and there is like great beer and there's bad beer and i think we've all had a little bit of both but you know ben and i aren't here to give you the reviews on the uh frat beers or anything like that tonight i am drinking two different breweries Two breweries I've never tried before. Actually, one of them is a collaboration as well. So the first one I'm drinking is the Galaxy Revenge, which is a collaboration double hazy IPA by Mason Aleworks out of San Marcos, California, and a little uh, uh, tap room here in Vegas called Beer Zombies, which is a dope name, by the way. Absolutely. And actually, well, oh, go ahead, go, go ahead. ahead. Oh, I was just doing uh, some reading on Beer Zombies, too, since you uh, posted this up. And they do have a couple uh, tap houses in that, that Las Vegas area. So, you know, if you're if you're out in Vegas and need some good beers, man, go, go grab a couple bottles for that hotel room. Yeah, fuck yeah. And the thing that really caught my eye about this beer was actually the can. The yeah. artwork is really dope. And if you go to Beer Zombies, uh, their website, they actually have some really cool artwork. Um yeah, man, it's really dope. And then my other beer, sorry, I got to grab it. My other beer is the Cowboy Monkey Dong <laughs> by Hoofhearted Brewing Company out of uh, a little town in Ohio. So we're going to get a taste of Ohio beer for the first time today. Okay. Uh, you know, both me and Ben are from the West Coast. So, you know, we basically only drink West Coast beers. And I was talking to Ben this week and I was like, man, I really want to venture off and you know, try some East Coast, some Midwest type beers. So I got one today. I'm happy to try it, and I'm ha- stoked to let y'all know about it at the end of the show. Yeah, let's see how it is. What are you sipping on? All right, so I uh, I got a couple beers out of the Reno area uh, for this week. You know, thanks to uh, the suggestions from one of our buddies on Instagram, Mikey Pear Tree. Um, you know, I I happen to know Mikey Pear Tree pretty damn well, and uh, you know, but. We got to listen to our listeners, and uh, they wanted some, you know, some beers out of the Reno area. They got two great breweries up there, Revision and uh, Lead Dog. So I grabbed one of each. I am going first with the Hop Autonomy Pale Ale from Revision. It's a 5.5%. Um, so Revision started in 2017, and now they are big. They're on yeah. the fast track, and part of that is because their beer is so damn good. Yeah. So... Um, 
you know, the head brewer came over from Knee Deep, another big brewery out here in, uh, they're out of Auburn, but big in California. And, uh, you know, funny thing, they were going to open in uh, West Sac, but ended up moving out to Sparks, Nevada, probably because it's a hell of a lot cheaper. So, you know. No income you know, tax, too. Yeah, Reno, Reno got something good out of that. And uh, the second beer I'm drinking is a Lead Dog. It's a New England double IPA. It is Conan's Wrath. It's mm. an 8.2%. So it's, uh, it's, it's a little heavy there. So, I mean, everyone knows uh, Conan the Barbarian was a badass. Yeah. So they created this beer that, that combines a, a Conan strain of yeast. Um, so it's kind of perfectly matched with the man himself. So, yeah. uh, you know, they, they say it's not fruit forward, but we'll see how it goes. Um, you know, I'm looking forward to it. I was going to say, if, if you have a beer called Conan's Wrath, that motherfucker better smack me in the face. <laughs> I mean, it's an 8.2, so yeah. it's probably going no, no, to. When you, when you said it was 8.2, I was like, that was perfect. That's a yeah, great yeah. name for it. Yep. <laughs> so I'm looking forward to it. This Conan's Wrath came highly recommended. Um, so I'm, I'm excited. So it is time to see what happened in week four of the NFL season. But before we recap this last week, I want to let you know that we are going to be previewing all of the upcoming week five action. So make sure to check it out on the APR podcast, a.k.a. the Annexation of Puerto Rico podcast, which drops every Thursday as Jordan and I discuss the upcoming week five action with Steady Eddie and Puddles. So we touch on the upcoming games, we have a weekly fantasy draft, and we place our best bets. So make sure you uh, give it a listen, and, you know, our bets were good this week, so make some money. All right, so week four just uh, kind of wrapped up. We had some crazy COVID scares. We thought we were going to lose a bunch of games, but uh, we actually only lost one. It's going to be replayed between the Tennessee Titans and the Pittsburgh, Spiel- Pittsburgh Steelers. And we've got one game pushed back after Cam Newton tested positive for COVID-19. Um, but no other players tested positive for the New England Patriots. So they're playing that game, which was supposed to be played on Sunday, on Monday. So we're going to get doubleheader Monday Night Football, which I think they should honestly do all the time. Yep, I love those weeks. Yes, but we're going to get two Monday Night games, which we're going to get into later. Um, but let's let's recap the week, man. Hey, uh, hold up. Uh, before we get into these games, I got to ask you, man, what the hell is happening in the NFC East, man? <laughs> We've got division leaders, the Philly Philadelphia Eagles, at 1-2-1 and one right now. Yeah, man. What? It's an ugly division. All four teams have a negative, negative point differential. Uh, I mean, the Eagles could very well be uh, technically like 2-1-1 because they should have beaten yeah. Washington, but... I mean, that division is terrible, and if they finish, like, under 500, like, they should donate that to, like, a team, a better football team, you know what I'm saying? Yep. It's absolutely. crazy, man. It is man. absolutely unbelievable. Cowboys 1-3. and three. Oof. Cowboys 1-3, and three. But I, I saw that coming, uh, especially after all their injuries, but let's hop oh, yeah. into, uh, let's hip, hop into the primetime games this week and, and kind of yep. recap the week. We started Thursday night with the Denver Broncos. Uh, they took on the New York Jets in New York. The Jets actually ended up being a pick game. The game opened the Broncos minus two and a half on the road. The Broncos ended up winning the game. Um, yeah, I mean, tell me your thoughts on this game, man. This crazy barn burner game of the year. Yeah. <laughs> man, our Thursday night football games suck. Uh, but uh, this was one of my best bets, so I really liked how it uh, it turned out. But, man, the Jets look awful. Um, you know, Rippin, he looked on point for that first half. Um, you know, then showed that he was a third-string rookie, uh, kind of close to the end there. Um, uh, did I mention that the Jets are awful? Um I thought yeah. that the ending was a little weak, too. Um, the Jets taking some shots on Rippin. But, hey, if if you're the Denver O-line, like, do your fucking job, man. If you don't want your quarterback getting hit, do your fucking job. Um, and I just want to also put up um, that the Jets are fucking awful. Uh, so uh, it's, You can't say it enough, you, to be honest. When you, have, when you have someone telling you, to telling Trevor Lawrence to stay another year so they don't have to go to the Jets like man 0 and 19 that's all I'm saying what do you I, sorry I ranted what do you think what do you mean, think of this game it's tough dude because you know we found out Rippin was gonna be the starter 
And I thought that was going to change the momentum. Like, I couldn't not take a USC quarterback in that instance. Um, and, you know, Sam Darnold got hurt early on. He left the yep. game, came back and played. And to be honest, dude, the Jets got that pick six. They got that late interception. They should have won this game. But, I mean, you alluded to it earlier. They're just they're fucking awful. And there's no yeah. other way to put it. And you can't yep. say it enough. Like, this team might be worse than that Lions team that went 0-16. That's how bad they are. Yep. And, you know, I, like I said on APR, like, this was their their week to get a win. I don't see, looking at their schedule, I don't see any other weeks that they're getting a W, at least an easy W. Yeah. The, the only, I mean, they play the uh, Dolphins twice, I think, in November, December. The Dolphins are um, a good team, Back though. to back. Yeah. They, the, my thought is because they play, I think they play... Dolphins, then they have a bye week, then the Dolphins again. That's my thought. Maybe they can squeak out that that second win, uh, or sorry, that their their first win in that second meeting between the Dolphins. So probably not. But my yeah. the biggest question I have around the Jets for certain is, well, first of all, Adam Gase is not a head coach in this league. He should have never gotten this opportunity to begin with. Um, yeah. It's it's just remarkable, and it just. It, it's a constant theme in the NFL that we've been seeing over and over again that needs to change is that these coaches are just retread hires. They're not like, they don't evolve. They're not like some, you know, well thought out coaches. They just, yeah. they're mediocre coaches that continue to get these jobs because they know people at yeah. some point, dude, as an organization, the New York jets have to look themselves in the mirror and say, like, we need to do something different. And yeah, and move in a different direction. And it sucks because I think Darnold is a good player, dude. I just he's surrounded by no talent. His yeah. offensive line is fucking awful. His coach sucks. Like he's set up for failure. And at this point, you know, the Jets are probably gonna move on from him. They're gonna move on from Gaze. They're probably gonna draft Trevor Lawrence or Josh Fields. I mean, mm. what would you do if you're the Jets? I and it's a it's an unfortunate spot for Darnold. Um you it know, sucks. yes, they've got they've got four first round picks coming within the next two years, but uh, that that's a long two years for Darnold, man. Um, the does he stay? Do they keep him? You know, this is a top. Uh, I, I wouldn't say elite quarterback, but he's a good QB, and he is he, uh, he's getting the shit. He's just getting the shit um, kind of thrown at him because he's on a garbage team, yeah. and it, it's like Trevor Lawrence is good, yes, but. Trevor Lawrence can't do it all. They need more than just Trevor Lawrence to, to change things around. So it all starts it's going to be top, a long. Dude. It starts yep. at the top with your management, with your ownership, and it trickles down. And that's what the, the Jets have never had good ownership. They've never yep. had consistent management. And it just trickles down. And it's, I mean, fuck, dude. I would, I would hate to be a New York Jets fan, dude. I'm so glad oh, yeah. I'm not a Jets fan. It's going to be a long rebuild. That's for damn sure. Yeah, uh, let's move on to another game that was not a very good football game, but <sighs> yeah. it was between the uh, winless Eagles <clears throat> at the time and the San Francisco 49ers. This, the 49ers, actually, this game this morning was Niners minus nine. It moved down to seven and a half at kickoff, um, and the Eagles ended up winning the game, so obviously they covered. They won 25 to 20. Nick Mullins got uh, pulled for C.J. Beathard. You know, what did you think about this game tonight? Yeah. Um, man, these injuries are really hurting those Niners. Um, you know, it was great to see Kittle back, but it wasn't enough here. Um, I think he had double-digit catches, which is huge for a, a first came back after a knee injury. Um, you know, <laughs> Mullins, he kind of fell back down to earth and, you know, beat head. And, yes, I know it's Beathard. Um, <laughs> uh, but, you know, I, I'm never going to put Beathead in – as a starting QB, um, I don't trust him. I, I'd take Mullins over Beathead. I'd take Jimmy G in a heartbeat over the two of them. Um, I know you're not a Jimmy G fan, but, you know, when when those are my three choices, I'm taking Jimmy G any day of the week. Um, you know, and on the other side of the ball, once had all day, man. Uh, sacked three times, but if Bosa was in, he that number would probably be doubled. He had... All the time in the pocket and you know it doesn't surprise me that he got those big throws he got those those timely throws because he had all day 
I mean, kind of, but he only threw for 193 yards, so it's not like he was, like, shredding the defense apart. Uh, no. I think the biggest takeaway from me for this game is that, um, you know, the Niners were lucky to be playing the Jets and the Giants, who are probably the two worst teams in the league, because the Niners yep. honestly looked like a winless football team. Like, they did not look good at any phase of the football game today, and... Yep. This is what I kind of expected with all their injuries, dude. I mean, you you alluded to it. Bosa's hurt. Uh, Richard Sherman didn't play. Actually, they had both their starting cornerbacks out. I mean, they're just they're banged up, dude. Like Kittle, yep. fifteen catches, hundred eighty three yards. Fucking remarkable man. day, man. That is yep. an unbelievable day. He was five catches away from the record that Terrell Terrell Owens holds as a forty nine er. But I just think that the Niners, they just don't. They're just so beat up, dude. They just don't have enough. And if you put uh, Mr. Beat Hard in, like I just, you're basically throwing the white flag, and they kind of just dinked and dunked it down the field. But honestly, the uh, two point conversion that Philadelphia had on the opening drive actually became a total game yep. changer, dude. Huge. Yep. Because on that last drive, the Niners had a little under two minutes left, and they if uh, the Eagles didn't convert that two point conversion. That would have they would have only need a field goal instead they needed a touchdown so it completely yep. changed that last drive so that was actually a crazy decision which I think we could see trickle down the rest of the NFL season because I think you know it's a copycat league I think coaches are gonna see like wow that that two point conversion really changed the game uh, yep. at the end so I wonder if we'll see more two point conversions but man your Niners are in trouble bro oh yeah uh, we need to get healthy that's that's the big thing need to get healthy all right so before we move uh, on to our double header monday night game i gotta ask you though um i, I know i do it every week any standout surprises from uh, week four i mean there's always surprises every week in the national football league but what's really stood out to me and it like pains me to say this dude is that kyler murray has looked like an average quarterback even below average the last two weeks and it's really all changed because the teams, uh, you know, Detroit did it last week and Carolina did it this week. They're really making him work from the pocket. Today in the first half, he only had 53 yards passing, bro. Yep. And it was ugly. And he was only averaging at that at that time like three yards a catch. He just doesn't look comfortable in the pocket. He's not playing the position well. I don't know if it's coaching, if Cliff Kingsbury, if the plays aren't being called. Maybe DeAndre Hopkins is really more hurt than we're being led on to believe. Yep. Um, but, man, Kyler has not looked good. And this was supposed to be a big season for him, and it's it's hurt me. I mean, he still threw I, three touchdowns, though. So he's not. I mean, he's yeah, still but those doing... were garbage time. He was 28 to 7 yeah, at the time, yeah, dude. They, and, had no ch they had no chance of winning, bro. You know, they had literally zero chance of winning that game when he threw those last two interceptions. Yeah, I, I also want to give the Panthers a little bit of credit. They've they've come out strong these last couple of weeks. Um, I'm not writing off Kyler yet. Um you know, yes, well, he's not had... writing him off, but he has he has a lot of work to do if he wants to be a great elite quarterback. He's not there yet. See, but and I... a lot of people were hyping him up to be MVP, and he's not at that level true. at all. Very true. But I, I think it's it's a lot of what's surrounding him right now. That O line is not looking good. It, they're not giving them the time that he had last year. Uh, when oh, he... he's having he has a better offensive line this year than he did uh, last year. Uh, yeah, I I haven't been too impressed with them. Um, and. And the other thing that I, I mean, you you build a lot of offense from your defense, and I mean this Arizona Cardinals defense has just been trash this whole. Yeah, I mean the no, whole season. They're, they're, Vance Joseph needs to be fired. Yeah. I mean they literally only had like two defensive stops in their their second. Their first one was an interception. Yeah. Their second one wasn't until the game was already out of hand. And they got the ball back just to make it a ten point game from a seventeen point game. When I mean, the game was over with, dude. There was no; ch they had literally zero chance of winning that game. Yeah. That's why I said those last two touchdowns were meaningless. But that last defensive stop that they got was meaningless too. That was only one of two defensive stops. You cannot win in this league if you're letting Teddy Bridgewater yep. go for two hundred and seventy six yards, dude. Facts. I mean, he literally he literally sliced them up. It's and it's, it's Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah, he shouldn't be. He shouldn't be. <clears throat> My second biggest surprise uh, is that the Bucks, although they're three and one, 
it's kind of a fraudulent three and one in my opinion. They have wins against the Broncos who were beat up and the Panthers in the second week uh, with a new coach under new circumstances with all the you know lack of OTAs and the Panthers are starting a lot of uh, rookies and stuff. Yeah. Um, and they honestly they should have lost this game today to the Chargers. What really changed that whole game? It was twenty four to seven. In the end of the second half with 46 seconds left, and the Chargers rookie running back, I don't even know his name, he fumbled the ball at like the four-yard line, and the Bucks got it back, and it became 24-14 a half, and that really changed the whole momentum of the game. So yep. the Bucks are do not look like a Super Bowl team by any stretch of the imagination to me. All right. Yeah, I I completely agree with you right there. So I'm not even gonna, you, not even going to say anything with that. Um, <laughs> I, I had two takeaways this week, too. Um yeah, the biggest one is that Cleveland and Dallas game, man. And, you know, I got a big question for you. And um, is Landry a better QB than Baker? I mean, damn, that spiral was <laughs> tight and he was on the move. Um, uh, it's, he could be. I, I mean, doubt it. I no, doubt it. I, but, I mean, uh, there was one play where the game, I think there was like five minutes left in the game. And uh, the Browns, they could have. The Odell, Odell Beckham Jr. was like running wide open down the sideline, and Baker missed him by like ten yards. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it would have definitely put the game away if he hit him right oh, there. Oh yeah, and and OBJ is a beast. Uh, Dallas D is garbage. Finally. I mean, if you're putting up thirty eight points on the Browns, you gotta win that game. But you know, is what it is. Um, you know, the second thing I, I took away from week four was the Miracle Beers are finally showing their true colors. Foles is the Foles that we thought. Um, you know, he had still had a decent game with 291 yards, but only one TD and one interception. So, um, you know, I, I think the Colts uh, played well. Um, you know, their running backs weren't as hot as our normal, you know, weeks. Um, but you don't have to when Chicago had a whopping 28 rushing yards today. So you aren't going to win games with that. Not at I think all. The, I think the Colts defense is way better than most people think. And yeah. I also think their offense is like pretty well balanced. I mean, they moved the chains when they had to today. It wasn't pretty by any means necessary. But they still made the plays when they had to in their defense, like you said. Um, it's tough to win football games when you can't r- run the ball, yep. dude. It's, it's tough. Yeah. All right, so let's talk about these Monday night games. Hell yeah, two games, man. We got two games. We're kicking off with uh, Atlanta versus Green Bay. Um, I believe it's a yes, it is a seven-point spread right now. So uh, Green Bay minus seven, Atlanta plus seven. Um, what's your What's your thought on this game, man? Who do you got? What's your favorite bet? 0-4 Falcons, just like I said on APR, man. Um, I mean, Packers have trailed in each of their games this season, which, I mean, that could give Atlanta some hope. Um, but, I mean, that's that hasn't been the problem. Um, you know, it's, it's closing out those games, which has really been, uh, you know, way too difficult for Atlanta. And... I'm sorry, Green Bay is not the team to test it. So I I got another 40-point performance out of Green Bay. Um, and I don't think Falcons are going to even put close to that. I'll, I'll take well, that like, seven spread easy. I like what you said about there that the Falcons just can't close it off because they've really been in every game they've been in. Yep. Um, they've been right there down to the wire. And so I really like atlanta here plus seven but i'm gonna talk about this game later so i don't want to dive too into it but i just want to really add on that you know what you said that you know they kind of just throw it away at the end i think that could be a good thing for this spread here okay okay but uh you know we got this additional monday night football game here uh what's your takeaway on this uh this game here no cam newton obviously out with covid uh so how do you see this one playing out yeah, I'm I'm on auto bet Kansas City. Um, I think they faced their toughest opponent last week in Baltimore, um, and you know I, I said it on APR too. Like I don't think there's a single position that I, I mean even with Cam out, Cam I, I don't even think touches Mahomes, but I don't think there's a single position on the Pats that's better than the Chiefs, um, and I'm I'm really excited to see what Clyde Clyde Edward Hilaire is going to be doing this week. Um, 
you know, 240 yards on 55 carries, yeah, it's only 5.5 yards a carry, but you don't need him to be lights out when you have Mahomes in the backfield. And, you know, he gets the big big yards where he needs them. So I'm, I'm going to take Chiefs easy here. I think it's at, what, like 13 and a half? 10 and a half right now. 10 and a half, okay. Yeah, done. Sure. What are you thinking on this one? Um... I told you the other day that I kind of thought that, you know, new, this could be a benefit to New England because we saw this with Kansas City earlier this year with against the Chargers is that the Chargers started um, Herbert, mm-hmm. who's more of a pocket passer, and Kansas City kind of prepared for Terod Taylor, who's more of a uh, runner-type quarterback, a scrambler. And so, you know, Kansas City prepared for Cam Newton all week, and now they're going to have to face Jared Stidham and... New England is the number one rush offense in the league. I know a lot of that has to do with Cam. But on the flip side, Kansas City is 28th in rush defense. And we know that's their Achilles heel is stopping the run. It's tough to bet against Mahomes here. But, I mean, catching the 10.5, you know, giving that to Bill Belichick, you know he's got some evil genius playing in there uh, to cover. I mean, this is kind of a stay-away game for me, to be honest. But... I kind of lean New England plus a ten and a half. Oof. Unfortunately, even against Mahomes, and it hurts my soul to do it. Yep. I, I know he's your Mahomes, so. That's kind of where that's kind. I I kind of lean the ten and a half New England. Yeah, I mean, I I I like that bet in other circumstances. Um, you know, I I think it was you who taught me anything over a, a seven point under always fade that underdog. Um, but I mean, we're talking the Chiefs here, which I and and a, a Camless um, Pats team, and you know Cam has been the real driving force. So I don't know what they're going to do with you know with Stidham back there. Yeah, Monday night teams definitely usually cover uh, a touchdown or less. But man, I just this is tough. Dude. Yep. This is a stay away game because I I love the Chiefs minus seven when Cam was playing, dude. I yep. thought that was. Thought that was easy. Man. Ten and a half slots. Yep. This changes everything, bro. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. Well, we got the uh, NBA Finals going on as well. Ooh-wee. Um. So you know, we kind of got the Lakers lost tonight. Jimmy Butler had a huge game, forty point triple double. Only the third player to ever do it since LeBron James and Jerry West. Um. Just an incredible performance. If you're the Lakers, though, are you worried? No. Two and one, and Bam didn't play, and you lost. Nope. Nope. Not at you're all. Not worried. Look at look at what happened in game one and two. Um, you know, I'm I'm not worried at all. Bam might come back, but you're not going to get Drakic back. Um, and even then, you saw AD have a bad game today. He, not necessarily yeah, a bad game, but. I mean- but, no Bam? But Bam is the only person who's going to be able to cover AD, and it didn't happen game one. I, I, the game two was tighter. I mean, tonight I, I think we got a Heat team that were in that kind of – I mean, not even a Heat team. We got a Jimmy Buckets that was just yeah. on point. And, Backs against their wall. Yep. Yeah, so I, I'm still liking your, your pick from last week of, of Lakers in five. Um, you know, I'm – I'm okay with my pick of Lakers in six, um, but uh, man, LeBron has just been amazing. Um, you know, you're you're getting AD, who's been lights out, other than this last game here uh, tonight. And LeBron had eight turnovers a night, though. That's a very yep. un-LeBron like. Yeah, it's the first time he didn't cover his uh, his points, so it was uh, it, that was a tough loss tonight. But it was. A, I mean. If you if LeBron and AD combine for forty points, the Lakers are gonna lose the game. Like, I don't care who they're playing. I don't care if they're playing me and you. Yep. If LeBron and AD do not score forty points, they're losing. The, if I mean, if they combine for forty points, they're losing the game. Yeah. And and such a huge spread from what we saw in one in games one and two. So, you know, twenty yeah, to I mean, twenty five points. The Lakers, uh, you know, they dominated the series so far through two games. I mean, they very well should have blown out the heat in both games like they the games were closer than they should have been they were really the score didn't justify how out of contest those games really were um but this game like i thought i did pick the lakers in five but once bam and Dragic got hurt 
I was like, dude, it's a sweep. Like, yeah. there's no way the Heat can compete. And the fact that you let the Heat win this game, I know it's LeBron, and I know LeBron can, like, really turn it on. He's probably going to be fucking pissed off next game. He's probably oh, going to yeah. score, like, 45. But, like, why not just put your foot on their neck, dude, and just close it out? Like, get it over with. Go home. Well, because like, cause Jimmy Buckets didn't let them do that. That's the, like... He was the difference maker in this game, and if he didn't if have you, anything if you're, close, if you're, I mean, if you're LeBron and AD, man, you cannot lose to Jimmy Butler, dude. I'm sorry, I know, I know, Jimmy Butler had a 40 points, 13 assists, 11 rebounds. Yep. But you cannot let Jimmy Butler, you can't let that man beat you. You're LeBron James, you're Anthony Davis. Like, get this sweep, get yeah. out of there. Well, and and look at this too. Like, you had. Dwight Howard, you had Green and Caldwell. They had 11 points between the three starters there. Like that's, but they don't usually score that much anyway. Yeah, but you got to put up more than 11 points combined between three people. I mean, you had Morris and Kuzma come in for 19. Yeah, but, I mean, you've been getting, like, 70 between LeBron and AD. Yeah, so, oh, yeah. And then I mean, they you're getting 35 40, points yeah. less. Yeah. yeah. That's what I'm saying. If like those two only scored 40, you're going to lose the game. Yeah, but— Because it, these other dudes don't score. But it's it, it's if LeBron and AD Kuzma don't have that—, that like lights out game you need to have others coming in and taking that and that's not a two-point game shooting but there's nobody on the lakers uh, there's literally nobody on the lakers roster that i would expect to like carry the load that that makes up for if lebron and ad had bad games like there's nobody on that roster if lebron and ad don't play well that team loses that's true that's true (laughs) you know what i'm saying like that's how LeBron that that team is LeBron and Anthony Davis and then everybody else. Yeah. Like that's how they go. Yeah. All that's right. how good LeBron and AD are, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Like they're two of the best, they're two of the top 6 or 7 players in the NBA depending on how you want to rank it. Yeah. And this is the one team that you can have two superstars on that will change that that can be the non-team to win the you know the, you got the two playoffs. superstars like that. Yep. Hell yeah! I mean, yeah. that's why you saw the the Clippers struggle because Paul George is inconsistent as as hell. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. he's just all over the place all the time. And then Russell Westbrook for the Rockets is inconsistent. Yep. And so it's really about consistency. Your stars show up in the playoffs period. Absolutely. All right, let's move on to baseball. Man. Yep. We hey, the, we're in round two. Yes, we wrapped up the wild card round. Uh, so. Just to recap really quickly, the Tampa Bay Rays beat the Blue Jays 2-0. The Yankees beat the Indi- uh, the Indians 2-0. I had to check myself to make sure that their team name was still the Indians. Yeah. <laughs> the Astros beat the Twins 2-0. And the lone three-game series went A's 2, White Sox 1. Yeah. Let's go, Oakland. Yep. And then uh, yeah. on the other side, we had the, the NL wild card in that first round. We had uh, the Dodgers. I, I think we only had, what, one series here that went to three games, too. Uh, so we had the yep. Dodgers taking two uh, against Milwaukee. We had the uh, our, our lone three-game sweep or series in the uh, NL, which was San Diego taking it uh, two to one over the Cardinals. Uh, then we had uh, a surprising Marlins team uh, just go yes. two straight games. I think uh, the Cubbies only had, what, two runs in that whole series? Um, and then uh, Atlanta come through against the uh, the Reds there. So, you know, we got yeah, a— Reds scored zero runs yeah, all series. Yeah. <laughs> we got a, a good ALDS and uh, a good NLDS. So let's uh, let's break these down a little bit. Uh, Jordan, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start with you. Before I say anything, yep. I just want to ask you something real quick. Do you remember our very, it was like our first episode. It must have been our first episode. Yeah, I'm yeah, yeah. Sure we talked about episode. this last week. I was like, dude, the Marlins might win the World Series yeah. this year. Like, That's how crazy of a year it's going to be. Yeah. They're not, that? they're not getting past this next round. We'll get there, though. We'll hey, get I'm there. just saying. I'm just saying. They're still alive, <clears throat> That's though. true. Oh, damn straight. And I did uh, not see that happen. I I think I said you were an idiot for saying that, but let's... I mean I thought I was an idiot for saying that. <laughs> I was just guessing. But uh, next round, um, starting with the AL, we got the Yankees versus the Rays. They uh, first pitched today, Monday, five oh seven p.m. Pacific, eight oh seven Eastern. We got Garrett Cole against Blake Snell. 
Um, how do you see this series playing out? Best of five, remember. Best of five. Yeah, best of five. It's going to be a, a good one. I think this is probably going to be the big uh, ale series. Um, uh, it, I think this, this is, is going to go. The big ale series yeah, song? I think this is going to go to five. I hear. Uh, well, yeah, you'll, you'll hear why. But um, I think this one's going the, the distance here. It's two great teams. Um, Tampa Bay has just been lights out. Um, you know, New York bats are on fire right now. So it's it's really going to be who shows up. And, you know, my money is on the Yankees. You like, uh, I know you're a Tampa Bay uh, Tampa Bay guy, but who, who do you think for this one? Best of five series. Yeah, I mean, when we first, uh, when we first started talking baseball earlier uh, in the season, you know, which is only two months ago, which is crazy to think about. Yep. Nuts. I said I, I really like the Rays to make the World Series against the Dodgers. That was my original pick in the World Series. Um, and I still I still believe that the Rays are the best team in the AL for sure. I mean, they're the most well-balanced. They hit well. They pitch well. Their bullpen's really good. And they proved it against a really young uh, but, you know, very stout Toronto Blue Jays team with a lot of good hitters in it, dude. They yep. really held. And they, they hit very well. And outside of Garrett Cole, I'm not sure the Yankees are a great pitching team, except for Chapman in the background and the back end. Yep. But also, like Chapman has his his uh, control struggles as well. So I think this. I agree with you. I do think this is a five game series. I do, however, see the Rays taking this series. Okay. I just think they're the more well balanced team. And in the other series, we have the A's taking on the Astros, AOS rivals. The A's really dominated the Astros this year. Um, so, I mean, how do, how do you see this series playing out? And don't say the Astros are going to win. No, hell no. But, and this is why I say that this one isn't going to be the series that Tampa Bay and the Yankees have. Uh I think the A's are going to take this in four. Um, I think we're going to see a 3-1. I think Houston will probably sneak one out. Um, you know, I'd, I'd like to say A's in three, but I, I want to give Houston a little bit of credit. They took out a, a Minnesota team that, you know, I, I personally thought should have won that series. But, um, you know, I, I can't wait to see these cheaters get out. And, um, you know, it's uh, hopefully going to be a quick one. So, that's that's why I think this isn't going to be as big of a series is because I think A's are going to go quick, and I love wow. the drama that we saw at the beginning of the year, and I hope it plays out here because I'd love Loriano to see and, yeah uh, I'd love to see the Astros getting their face beaten in, but yeah I mean uh, I wish I could agree with you that it was going to be quick I just I. I don't see it um, just because the A's like really do not hit well. Yeah. And I think they're going to struggle against a guy like Grinky. So I think at least the Astros are going to win that Grinky game. Um, however, the A's got Bassett going at home. The dude's like unhittable at home. Yep. He showed it against the White Sox as well. So I definitely like him taking game one. However, outside of that, it's really question marks. I mean, Lazardo was bad against the White Sox. Um, you know, Fires was he wasn't terrible against the White Sox, but he wasn't great. So, and then you, and then you got Manaya. So, I mean, who knows what you're gonna get out of him? He was yep. pretty awful all season. So, really, aside from Bassett, who knows what you're gonna get? And therefore, I like this game. I like the series going uh, at least four, maybe five, depending on how many games Granky pitches. So, I'm gonna say A's and five in this for this one. All right. So let's switch it over to the NL side. We've uh, we've got our first series, and I think this is the big one. Um, we've got, you know, the the Los Angeles Dodgers going up against a you know bat heavy San Diego Padres. Uh, we've got Kershaw starting game one, and I don't know if we have a um, a Padres pitcher slated yet. Uh, no it's still, decided pitcher. Yeah, it, it's still undecided right now. Oh, oh I'm sorry. We're not getting uh, Kershaw in, in game one. We're going to get Bu- Bueller, um, which is, uh, in in my opinion, a little bit tougher of a start there. But um, what do you like about this series? I mean, the Dodgers are by far and away the most ba- well-balanced uh, team in baseball. Um, but the Padres, dude, they do have a little, they do have a nice little lineup, man. They can get hot, and Fernando Tatis is hot. Yep. 
and Will Myers is hot, and when guys like yep. that get hot, that's not good. Um, but I just don't see the Padres having enough to beat the Dodgers in a five-game series. So I like the Dodgers handling this, and I'm going to say four. I think th- I think it's over in four. Okay, I'm gonna give it five here. I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with the the same winner. I think Dodgers are gonna take it. Um, you know, San Diego finds that way to win, and I think that they're gonna find a way to win at least two of these games. I think it's gonna be an interesting series. But I mean, if you have the, I, I mean, I think Mookie is the game changer from all of the previous playoffs we've had. Uh, with the Dodgers these last couple of years, his bat, his uh, outfield presence, it it just it it changes everything. So I think that's going to be what finally pushes them over the edge this year. So I think that's going to be a, a great long series there. Hey, you want to hear a crazy uh, San Diego Padres playoff statistic? Sure, hit me. All right, Will Myers is the first San Diego Padre to hit two home runs in a playoff game. Since, do you know? Uh, Kirby Puckett? Uh, Kirby Puckett played for the Twins. You're thinking oh. of Tony Gwynn. Uh, thank you. Sorry. Wow. Yeah, I'm thinking Tony Gwynn Jr. Thank you. But Tony Gwynn was not the guy. Okay. Will Myers was the first San Diego Padre to hit two home runs in a playoff game since Fernando Tatis Jr. <laughs> did it in the same game. <laughs> okay. Okay. I should have known that. I did see that headline, too. Damn it. <laughs> that, that shit blew my mind when I saw that. Yeah. I was like, hey. All right. <laughs> All right. And we got one other series left to, to close out this baseball, um, the NLDS here. We got the Marlins and the Braves. Um, surprise Marlins that were... I, I mean, I'd love to see them do well. Um, I don't think they're going to be able to go through the bats of uh, Atlanta here. Uh, Marlins pitcher is undecided for game one, and that's happening on Wednesday. Uh, also, the L.A. and San Diego game is Wednesday. Um, but we've got the Atlanta uh, Braves starting Max Fraid. So, um, th- thoughts on this one? Man, I'm not even alive, bro. Like, I literally watched zero Marlins games this year. Right there with like, you. <laughs> I, I ain't going to lie to nobody. Uh, and I consider myself like a baseball fan. It just so happens baseball and basketball and NHL and college football like, all coincided with the, the, each other this year. Yep. Like, I literally, like, I was shocked that the Marlins beat the Cubs. I mean, last time I looked, I heard about the Marlins was when they had like 18 positive COVID tests and they were starting like a, a <laughs> yep. figure skater. Like this is this is crazy to me. So I'm just gonna go with the Marlins because fuck it. Yep. So I'm gonna take the Marlins in five. Uh, I ride with me. Ride with me. I'm not riding that train. <laughs> um, I think it's going to be a, a three-game series here. I think Atlanta is going to be taking this um, simply. Uh, they're they're going to go over this so easy. You've got Freddie Friedman, who's just on point. You've got Azuna, who's been a, a huge DH. You've got um, you know Acuna uh, Jr. in center field. Uh, I mean, you can just name them off. Um, you know, I don't think we're going to see... Ben, let me ask you a question real quick. Yeah. How many times have the Marlins been in the playoffs in their franchise history? So they were a franchise dating back to 1994. Since 1994, how many times have they been in the playoffs? Uh, once, right? Twice. Okay. Well, 94 yeah. was their first year, right? 94 was their first year. And they, they made it to the playoffs. playoffs. Yeah. And then and they've been one more time after that. Yeah. Okay. No, so they went 99 and they went no 03. Okay. They went twice. How many World Series championships do the Twice. Do the yeah, have? yeah, yeah. They're not getting by Atlanta. Eh? I mean, the, the they numbers. They shouldn't have gotten past the Cubs. Yeah. No one thought they were going to beat the Cubs. That's true. <laughs> no one thought they were going to sweep them. <laughs> Nobody thought they were going to get into the playoffs, so let's be real. Yeah, but, exactly. Uh, um, yeah, I'm I'm going to say this is the year that they go, uh, they change that record to 2-1. Uh, so, but uh, we'll see. Uh, we've got we've got five games coming up um, hey, next. Everybody out in Miami that listens to us, just know I'm riding with y'all. Yeah. Miami Marlins, baby. Let's go. <sighs> yeah, I I can't. I can't. I'm not going to do it. 
Uh, but it's uh, next week when we're talking to you guys, we might have a couple of these series uh, all completed, and we might be seeing some of these game fours and game fives. So, are they going five consecutive days like before? Because they're all playing them in uh, they're playing in one location, right? Yes, but I believe they're playing these over like seven these five games over seven days. I think they have two days off in between. So. Damn. Yeah, we're gonna be. I heard that the I heard the Yankees and Rays are sharing a hotel, and like they're on the same floor of the hotel too. <laughs> and I guess they like hate each other. Like I didn't. I mean, I knew that they had like some beef and shit, but I guess they like really don't like each other. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of guys on those teams. Imagine doing that. Like you go to the buffet in the morning and you see a bunch of dudes you don't like. <laughs> yep. Oh, shit. Hey, so like I, I'm just checking the schedules right now. So, you know, game five is the last two we're going to be on Saturday. So by by our next podcast, we're going to have, you know, who's in our ALCS and NLCS series. So, man, so I'm doing it in six days. Yep, six days. I am liking this uh, this quick format here because we get to talk days. about a new uh, a new series each week. So, um, oh yeah, so tune in next week. Yep. <laughs> Alright, let's hop into Pour Me Another, my favorite segment of the week. Uh, we got three to four topics a week. We spend a quick minute on each topic, rapid fire. Let's start it off. We got Kyrie Irving commented on the Boardroom podcast on the Kevin Durant podcast called ETC. Um, and he said something, quote unquote, I don't really see us having a head coach. You know what I mean? KD could be a head coach. I could be a head coach. It's a collaborative effort, he said. Uh, and he finally says something at the end about how he could finally, uh, fi- he's finally playing with someone that can take a big shot like him. Bang. What the fuck is Kyrie doing? Do you agree with it? What is going on? Man, I don't know what world Kyrie is living in. Uh, There's a lot to break down here. So, I mean, first we're going to start about this head coach comment. If I were Steve Nash, I would be incredibly worried about controlling the room right now. And the season hasn't even started yet. Uh, You've got two high-profile players saying they are just as much of a coach as you. You, a 19-year veteran Hall of Famer. I, I mean, that's that's red flags for me right away. Um, second, I want to tell Kyrie to look in the mirror, bro. Um, if, if you are who you say you are and you are as good as the bullshit that you spout, then why aren't you making those clutch shots? Uh, yes, you made that one clutch shot in Game 7, um, you know, when you were with the Cleveland Cavaliers, but... I mean, yeah, you've been overshadowed by a better LeBron, so you're not going to get that clutch shot. Where were you in Boston? There's no excuses there. Uh, LeBron is laughing his ass off with all his rings. Uh, Come on, give me a break. Not making a clutch shot. Like, all your past teammates are on you now, so you better watch your back. And he's just going to hide behind Durant now. I mean, this is this is a long line of like just crazy shit that Kyrie says, and I love Kyrie as a player, man, a uh, great player. But dude, you have a ring because you played with one of the top two, three greatest players of all time. Yep. Right. He led the team to the championship. You were there, and you you were a part of it, but it wasn't because of you by any means necessary. And here he is. He's basically like pushing aside a head coach's accountability like this man just does not want to be held accountable and he said it later because he made another quote later on saying how he didn't like Kenny Atkinson's style how he uh made him run sprints the first because day he made practice. him liners yeah yeah and it's just crazy man like dude you aren't that kind of guy like Michael Jordan even Michael Jordan ran sprints with his team right yep. I mean, dude, as a leader of the team, like, you're supposed to buy into what the head coach is saying. Like, you could have any head coach on a team. If your best player buys into it, then you're going to win. Yeah. And he has to be held accountable, bro. And this is just crazy. Like, it's it's crazy. I can't wait to see the next season. They should have one of those back, uh, those, like, documentaries following the team all year round yep. <laughs> next year. That would be crazy. Yep. Oh, yeah. 
All right, so we're going to move on. We've got uh, Peter Holmquist of the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins, who was traded this week while having a no-movement clause. Yes, that happens, but in this case, he was told that he either had to accept the, twi the trade or be waived. Um, we saw him then post within minutes on uh, Instagram, him tossing his penguin Penguins gear out onto the sidewalk for anybody to take. Uh, what do you think about no movement clauses and do you think this was uh, you know justifiable for the penguins I mean for the organization I, I mean they can do whatever they want if you're willing to agree to it you know what I mean and obviously he signed a no movement clause you can't get traded but I mean they found a loophole and a way out and that's on like the players association to kind of uh, you know make it so that's not a possibility so I mean, they did it within the rules of the league so you can't really be mad at that i mean that guy needs to take a look in the mirror hornquist and say like hey i need to be a great player because this organization was literally willing to just throw me out on the street yeah yeah and, and my thought process behind it is if you, if you sign someone to a no movement clause you got to respect that and you know yes it's he did have you know a, a declining few years but he's still not bad at a fourth million dollar contract um i i'm sure he just made the other penguins with no movement clauses a lot more stressed and yeah you know probably second guessing their gm for a second there um you know it, it really sucks for hornquist but you know he he's gonna move to a struggling franchise and he has an opportunity to you know, to really excel in Florida. Uh, but I think the biggest thing that it's, it's you know, bad about this is it's bad for the future of the Pens. Uh, free agents who are at that elite level to sign a no-movement contract um, is is not going to want to go to a team that the GM is, is you know, questioning whether they're going to stick you around and, and that doesn't stick to his word. So, you know, I, a... I get him being pissed. Hold on. And, uh, but I, I really do wish him well in Florida. Sorry, go ahead. No, that's great logic. But, and I would have said the same thing, but what happened uh, two years ago when Blake Griffin signed a max deal with the Clippers and the Clippers traded him the same year? Like, at the end of the day, it's a business. And I think players understand that too. And teams understand that. And I think there's a common interest. So, I think at the end of the day, like, you have to respect what the... That's what I'm saying. Like, he's got to be better, bro. Like, he's got to, like, go out there and, like, tear the league apart. Yeah, but that's but disrespectful, you, bro. <laughs> but it's also disrespectful to him. You sign him oh, to a absolutely. no movement contract, absolutely. and you you have to. It's there, so yeah. Give them the opportunity to to give his list of teams to uh, request where to go. Don't tell him he's going to be waived if he doesn't accept this trade. But all right, let's move on. Yeah. All right. Doc Rivers was hired for his fourth stint as head coach the same week after yep. being fired from the Los Angeles Clippers. Is Doc the right guy for Philly or should he have been fired? I mean, what's your thoughts on this? I, I'm surprised he was fired in the first place. Um, you know, the, the Clippers were a great team before COVID and you're going into a, a very weird situation with little you know, time to prep for this. So I, I was surprised at the fire. Uh, but I do like this hire from the 76ers standpoint. Um, uh, I'm surprised how quickly it happened, especially hearing now that he was also in talking with Houston. I think Houston would have been a horrible place for him to go. You've got Harden, you've got Westbrook, who are older players, and they already run the show there, and it would be hard for a coach to come in and change that. Um, it would also be weird to coach your son at a professional level. So I think He's already Doc, done it. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, again, I just think it's weird. Uh, but Doc is going to be great for Simmons and Embiid because they need somebody to work their strengths on the floor. It doesn't matter whether they get along or not. On the court is really what is, is important here, and Doc makes that a better situation. So it sucks that he doesn't get a chance to, to alter that lineup because the cap situation there is, is garbage, but... You know, I'm also hearing that they might get Alvin Gentry as, uh, as an assistant, and, and that's going to be a tough staff to fight against. So, what are your thoughts on this one? Man, are you, uh, Steve Nash didn't hire Alvin Gentry? No. Huh. Still available. I mean, I think it's just another retread hire, man. Like, this is a dude on his fourth stint. 
You know, he's only had one ring, and that was with Kevin Garnett, Ray Allen, and Paul Pierce, three Hall of Famers in their prime. Uh, you know, he had Lob City, Chris Paul, Blake Griffin, DeAndre Jordan wasn't able to really win. Then he gets Kawhi Leonard, and Paul George isn't really able to win. At this point in time, like, I just think Doc is one of those coaches where he's good, but not great. Yep. You know, he's not going to elevate a team, and I don't necessarily think that that's where philly is like philly needs a great coach and yep. you know you got two stars like in beat and simmons maybe they're gonna trade one of them who knows yep. uh, because doc Rivers usually where he goes he has a lot of say in the roster movement so who knows where this is gonna go i think it's a retread hire i would have tried something totally different i wouldn't have tried day and tony or none of those guys i would have tried someone fresh yeah All right, let's move into best bets tonight. Four and oh, four and oh, four and oh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we both went four and oh. Uh, well, we both went two and oh, and then in APR, we both went two and oh, too. So, Ben and I out here, we're like a walking stimulus package if you just follow our lead. I like it. Um, I'm 10, two, and one overall so far on my best bets on Tackling Sports. Uh, last week I gave you the Chiefs plus three and a half. I told y'all to lock it up. That was easy money. And I also took the Lakers minus five game one. All winners. Ben, you had a good week. Tell them what your bets were. Two and zero. Oh, I'm eight and six overall. Coming back strong after a shitty last week. Away from that batting five hundred. That's had, that positive energy. Boom! We're gonna make some more money this week. We had uh, last week. I took the Denver Broncos two and a half points over the Dolphins in that dumpster fire of a Thursday night game. Uh, and then I took the Colts minus three over the True Color Bears. Uh, no more miracles there. So I got a win, and I got a win. So uh, Jordan, what are you taking this week? Uh, this week. I'm going Anthony Davis over 29 and a half to 35 to 30 and a half points. Hasn't been posted yet, but that's about where it's been at all series long. He averages over 31 points a game in the playoffs alone in his career. He had 15 points this game. I expect a huge bounce back game. I would even take this up to 31 and a half. I love it. Let's lock it up. Anthony Davis over 29 and a half points to 31 and a half points like my second best bet of the week is monday night football and i alluded to this earlier on the show ben was talking about how the falcons like to give up leads late falcons have been in every single game so they're getting a touchdown which means they're going to be within one possession no matter what i love it the falcons have a dynamic offense that can stay in a shootout kind of game they can stay in any kind of game because their offense can always get in there They've blown back-to-back leads, which is unprecedented. NFL history. I like the Falcons catching seven here. I think they stay within seven. They've been in every single game. They should. E- they could easily be three and zero right now. Let's lock it up. Falcons plus seven. Man, what do you like? Man, some mighty bets there uh, this week. Okay. Um, so my first, uh, the the two games that I'm picking this week, we're sticking NFL. It, it worked for me last week. So I'm gonna I'm gonna keep riding on the Colts. You like that pun? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, so uh, sorry about that. Hey, the Colts um, are a great team. Yeah. And, I would. I would ride them all night long. Oh, damn straight. All year and, long. And they're at a pick right now, which is great. And, I, I mean, I know the Browns had a, an outstanding game this week, this week, but I really don't see them having a chance here. Indy's D is, is really on top of their game, and they are not going to let OBJ walk all over them like uh, he did with the Cowboys today. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put that down. I'm going to guarantee that Baker does not have as much time in the pocket as he did today. So, Guarantee? Guarantee. Um, so like, I'm going to go Like Charles Colts, Barkley? Uh, like, just, sure, just like Charles Barkley. <laughs> Guarantee. Um, 
I'm going to guarantee that he doesn't have that time in the pocket. So I'm taking Colts. Um, I guess since it's a pick him right here, I have to go Moneyline. But uh, but we're, we're going Colts. I'd even go Colts up to, I mean, to be honest, I, I'm not on the Baker train. I'd take Colts up to a touchdown. But it definitely won't. It won't be going that uh, that much of a spread change, but uh, you know I, I think they're gonna they're take this one. Uh, my second pick was a hard one this week, man. Do I go Jets? Do I go Giants? I'm gonna go Jets. Um, Arizona's major weakness is their defense, but I don't think that's gonna be a problem going up against Darnold's uh, supporting cast here. Um, you know the Jets, they really need their four first-round picks to uh, to to come up like right now, not within the next two years. It's going to be a long journey. Uh, I I really wish I could bet on the Jets going o over, uh, you know, this whole season. But you know, for this week, I'm going to take Arizona at eight. Am All I right. Really catching eight right now? Eight points. Yep. It's gonna drop. It's gonna drop so much, but I'm, Whoa, I'm bro, confident babe, enough. I don't know. I don't know if I would I'm give confident. the Jets eight points well, as a Cardinals fan. <laughs> I I don't know if I'd give the Falcons seven points. So <laughs> I think we got our own our own uh, uh, risky right, so risky moves here. So. so so you you like the Packers this week? Yep. Right? You like a minus seven? Yep. I like the Cardinals plus seven. So let's make a let's make a wager right now. Okay. On this show, on Tavern Sports Podcast, loser has to shotgun a beer next week. I like it. On the podcast. Okay, let's let's uh, let's be let, let's keep this here because I want to make sure we get to the end of this podcast. Let's keep it a below six percent shotgun. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm saying okay. like a I'm saying like a, a cheap light beer. Okay. Yeah. Done. Down. Okay. So whoever wins our bet, so if, if uh, whoever loses has to do the shotgun. Okay, so for this uh, for the Falcons and Green Bay game. Yeah. Okay, I like it. All right, that was our podcast. We got yeah. we got more than just some best bets next week. Uh, so before we go to the end here, I gotta talk to uh, to Jordan about these beers. You had some great ones out of uh, out of Ohio, and uh, where was that yeah. other one out of? Uh, San Marcos and Las Vegas That's collaboration. Right. Collab. So, what do you yeah. think of your beers? Man, the the Galaxy Revenge was good. Um, it was definitely a drinkable double IPA. It heavy, obviously, as a double IPA, uh, as a hazy double IPA. Um, I would definitely drink it again. I give it a 4.1, 4.2. Nice. Uh, the Cowboy Donkey Dong, though this this motherfucker is really good. And Isn't the can it is Donkey awesome. Kong like the, no, the video like, game? Oh, Cowboy Conky Dong. That's oh, okay. Conky there we go. Dong. Switching that DNK. There we go. Uh, this is a, a double IPA with pineapple added, and this Ooh. might be one of the best double IPAs I've ever had in my life. Nice. Oh yeah. I'm not lying. So I am going to give it a four point eight out of five. Holy. This is. This is this is a beer I would buy again. This is a beer I would drink again. Uh, it's not a beer that I would drink a lot of yes. because you would, uh, you know, get the dads the next day <laughs> very badly. But it is a great beer. Nice. Okay, I'm gonna. I, I gotta put that on the list of uh, you sending me uh, sending me beers because if yeah, it's if good. it's that high, and uh, I I gotta say I got two beers to send over to you. I. I am super impressed by both of these Reno Reno beers. Uh, excuse me, Sparks, which is I love you know, Revision, man. A couple, yeah. So thank you, uh, Mikey Peartree from Instagram. Also, you know, from from being a best buddy, you you were on point with these beers, man. Um, we're gonna start with the Revision Hop uh, Hop Anonymy Autonomy Pale Ale, man. <laughs> you so know these good beers are good when I can't those. get these names out. <laughs> Revision's Hop Autonomy Pale Ale. There we go. Um, uh, 5.5 it was on point it was something that you can drink a lot of um it, it had great hot flavors it was smooth it was I, this is one of the best pale ales i think i've i've had and pales are my favorite beer so you know this is uh this was kind of incredible so i'm gonna put this uh, i'm gonna beat your 4.8 i'm gonna i'm not gonna put it quite at pliny but i'm gonna put it at a 4.9 
I am buying the stock on this one. It is mm. it is on point. If y'all like pails, go for revisions, hop autonomy. Um, pale ales. The second one that I had was the Lead Dog uh, Conan's Wrath New England Double IPA. This was the 8.2, which is probably why I was having some problems with the uh, the pale ale name. Um, this is actually a really good beer too. Um, I'm I'm impressed with this one. I usually don't like doubles because they're a little too heavy for me. I feel like I I've eaten a meal after after drinking it. But this one was also smooth. It it wasn't fruity like they said it wasn't going to be um it's a a beer that you can drink a lot of which is dangerous because it's an 8.2 um this is this is one that you're not going to be feeling good the next morning because you're going to drink four or five pints of it and uh take an uber home so um i'm gonna give this one don't drink and drive yeah i'm gonna put this one at a 4.4 um you know, New England double IPAs aren't my favorite, so it's not going to get that highest. But because it's a great beer, it, it's going up there. So um, I'm super happy with these. I, I'm going to check out these uh, these two breweries when I uh, visit Reno in a, a few weeks or months and whenever this COVID goes down and uh, going to be bringing a lot home. So there you go. Hell yeah. Big ball and Van Larson. All right. So. That was Taproom Sports. Um, thank you for listening, everybody. Uh, make sure that you guys check out our Twitter, our Instagram, our Facebook. Um, even check out the website at taproomsportspodcast.com. We are up on all of the major uh, listening sites, but I'm sure if you're listening to us, you have your own site that you're listening. Uh, make sure you check out that Taproom po- oh, sorry, that APR podcast that's going to drop on Thursday. And last but not least... Go vote, man. November 3rd. Yes, please do it. Go vote. Doesn't matter vote. who you vote for. Vote. vote. Yes. All right. We'll see you next week. We are out. Music with so much class. Black, 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 black